0: Hey everybody! Welcome to cast. I'm your host Matt, and I'm Tyler. All right, so we're not starting late at all. Like, not even a little bit late. We're starting right on time. What's that line from? As always. What's that line from Lord of the Rings? Wizard is never late, Bobo Baggins. We arrive precisely when we mean to. (laughs) Something like that. We are Uh, wizards here. (laughs) Definitely wizards. Anyways. Welcome to LinuxCast. We talk about Linuxy things. We have a really good podcast queued up for you guys this week. We're gonna t- we're gonna actually do a Linux distro tier list now. For those of you who do listen on the audio, just gonna put this out there right now, we're gonna do our best to make sure we're always saying where we're gonna put what distro. We're not just gonna put the logo somewhere and then don't say it out loud. That way you can actually follow along. I will also take a screenshot of the finished list when we're done and put it in the, the description for the audio listeners if you wanna take a look at it. So that way, also you can obviously go up on Monday and watch the actual video and watch us do this. So I thought it should be fun. We should have a very entertaining time, but before we jump into ranking the best Linux distros, because we already know which one's the best, we don't really need to even do this, Uh, Uh, (laughs) OpenSUSE. Sure, whatever. (laughs) Anyways, before we jump into that, we're going to do what we always do and talk about our week in open source. So Tyler, my friend... Other, th- other than deciding to build your computer five seconds before the podcast begins to start, <laughs> what, what what have you been up to in open source this week?
1: Well, I have been. I have actually I've done a, quite a lot with my NixOS, like ZanyOS repo. It, for anybody who doesn't know, I've got on my GitLab. You can go find a ZanyOS repo. It's for my NixOS configs. I've talked about NixOS a lot, so I'm pretty sure most people are are aware of what I've been up to. But if you go over there, if you want to try out NixOS, you like Hyperland, you, you like want a pretty nice theme set up with all the niceties already enabled, like nice animations, all that stuff, you can go over to that GitLab repo. I've I've got install instructions. They're pretty comprehensive. Uh, it's not like a three step process. It's like nine or 10 steps, but it ensures you don't hit any like roadblocks or anything like that. I've got it. I've got a lot of things already pre-configured. If you're using a different setup, like with different hardware, Intel, AMD, Nvidia, all that stuff, like it should, hardware should function just fine. Uh, I also made a wiki. I've been working on that quite a bit. I've got a, I, I've heard from a lot of people that I did a really good job on it and I think I did a really good job on it. So it explains what is NixOS, why you would choose it, why I choose my configuration, how to use my configuration, uh, common issues that people run into that aren't Necessarily something I can just fix, like the Hyperland plugin loader. When you update your system, there's a chance that the headers will change for it. And so you've got to, you have to reboot. It'll throw a whole bunch of errors. The plugin will look like it's destroying your system because it just keeps spawning in and there's new errors. But you just got to reboot. Stuff like that, I've put in the wiki. That's mainly what I've been working on. And then uh, last night, I started putting together my intel xeon system so i've now got 16 cores 32 threads and 64 gigabytes of ram so i feel pretty nice and to NixOS's credit i did not have to reinstall do any of that bs i literally just booted up back into the same drive everything worked exactly as it should i just have to regenerate my hardware config so the intel microcode gets loaded and i'll be good
0: well I am happy that you were able to get everything up and running well, because I was quite worried for you. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, it would have been fine if I had just done all of this and figured out that like, you know, even though the board says Wi-Fi, it doesn't actually have a Wi-Fi chip in it. And I didn't even think about that while, while building it. If I hadn't have fallen asleep last night, I probably wouldn't have made this podcast late. And probably also could have had a chance to shower before I did the podcast, but you know, whatever. We, we can
0: all smell you from here. We know. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, just so everyone's clear, like I had to move my entire desk. My mom helped me move my desk with my monitors, lights, everything attached to it through the house into this room. And then I had to set everything up. And I
0: I got to be honest. You said you'd, you'd wait like an hour for me. I got it all done, but Pretty nice. <laughs> it was it was more like an hour fifteen, but it was close. It was it was very close. Um, I was it's going- close enough. We'll call it an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, the, the chat and I had a, had a very good time talking behind your back <laughs> about, good, about, good. About, about how there's no way that this is going to go ru- right. There's definitely going to be something wrong. Audio is not going to work. <laughs> well, audio did
1: not work. But the funniest thing about it is it wasn't even that audio wasn't working. I accidentally dropped my audio interface when I was setting up the desk in here. And when it fell, it pulled out the aux cord that hooks into the the actual like output for my speakers. So everything was working properly. And you saw me. I was trying to figure out what the heck was wrong. And then I realized that just <laughs> still aux cord wasn't playing. And there didn't. was
0: random music playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So. Since the last time I did a podcast with you, I have switched 100% to Wayland. I'm using Hyperland, and I'm I posted a video about this last night, so I'm not spoiling anything. And I I like it. I think I'm ready to finally say that I've switched to Wayland full time, and I'm it's working, and I'm happy with it. As you can tell, happiness is not the expression on my face at the moment uh, okay. uh, i did this out of boredom i was very bored with Xmonad, and i needed something to do so i decided i was going to give hyperland another try and i've had a fantastic time because because of darth i haven't done a lot of racing lately so I- i've missed sitting down and theming my computer and i was able to do that and it was it was a lot of fun uh, I I've redisco- So, I learned all of CSS. I was re- really, really good with CSS back in like 2010. Now, that was a long time ago and CSS changes a lot. So, I had to re- actually relearned a lot of my CSS so I could do Waybar and that's been a lot of fun. So, I've been doing that and I have been fighting with Vivaldi because every time Vivaldi has a update, it, it borks like crazy horribly borks and so i finally did get it working and then i pinned that damn thing so that open won't update it anymore <laughs> ever again i don't care how how insecure it gets i'm never updating Vivoli again because it just breaks every single time also i've i switched from zipper to dnf5 on open and have decided that that's probably the way that i'm going to go for a long time because dnf5 oh goodness man it is so much faster than zipper like I did a 547 package update in less than 5 minutes. That would have taken at least 40 minutes on zipper. Like it's not even Okay. Close. Yeah. It's like phenomenally faster. It's awesome. Now it has some downsides, but for the most part it works really really well and I'm I'm very happy with with it. Also Fedora Get your shit together, man. Get DNF five out the door because it's so much yeah. faster than DNF four. Like it, it's it's really good. I I really hope that because they've been rewriting Zipper now since twenty sixteen to include parallel downloads. I hope that they just stop what they're doing and just start over again and and mimic DNF five because it's so good. But anyways, yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. Uh, I I've oh also just to prove that OpenSuse is the best. I uninstalled Plasma and everything that goes along with Plasma and. You know when you uninstall a desktop environment, usually it takes things along with it that you didn't really want to uninstall. It did that for me, but OpenSUSE handled it like a champ. It uninstalled SDDM and just decided, well, you want LightDM installed? LightDM is installed. Just use that. Like, there's no other distro. Oh, it just yeah, just it, it just, just literally fell back. Yeah, it just went to LightDM, and, and that's awesome because you know, like if it, on any other distro, if you uninstalled your display manager, you'd be put right into a TTY. Like automatically, yeah. no. Nope, this one went right to right to LightDM. Now LightDM didn't work well with Wayland, but that's the LightDM problem, not a yeah, not a, a, a OpenSUSE problem. But yeah, that was an awesome experience. I didn't even have to do a, a like a a rollback or anything to a, a snapshot. Just worked perfectly fine.
1: Also, while we're while we're talking about what we're doing in Linux. I did also want, want to ask you since you've had 64 gigabytes of RAM for like a while, have you ever tried doing a uh, like a tempfs or like you know loading your root system into RAM and also doing it with a game file as well and like running a game straight from RAM?
0: No, my RAM, when I don't use it, just it's there and be sad <laughs> basically. Oh. Uh, well, I'm, I'm looking
1: to, so here in the next like two or three weeks, I'm going to get another 64 gigs of RAM. And so I plan on, once I have 128 gigs, I, I plan on putting my root on, you know, in RAM, doing that, because NixOS does have a pretty easy way of doing it. The extra thing I'm going to do is try to see if I can install a game to that persistent directory as well just one like the game i play the most frequently and i want to see if it's like if it just like if loading just disappears like it's no longer a thing yeah i really want to see that but so i'll i'll that will be an update for the here in the next few weeks i'll put i'll
0: talk about that whether or not that works <laughs> or if it's worth it well, eventually i'm going to be doing a like a nas or something all my games will be on there uh, because I'm running out of space on my internal SS, uh, uh, NVMe, so that that'd be my experiment is to figure out because I I want to be cheap. I don't. So Josh sent me a a case that I can build a NAS in, and I want to do that, but I don't want to have to deal with hardware RAID. So I'm going to do all of it software RAID, and I have no clue how to do that yet. So that's going to be that's going to be a learning experience.
1: Well, I'll just go ahead and let you know from everyone I know who's messed around with software RAID and done a lot with it. It's gonna it's gonna be a pain in the ass. Like it's it's gonna take time to get used to and you're gonna run into issues. But over
0: overall, it works, so you should you should be fine. It'll be something fun fun to watch or fun fun to learn about because I've never the last time I did raid, I was a Mac user and I bought a so this is the, the stupidest thing. I so there used to be a company called Drobo, and they sold these big gigantic RAID hardware RAID enclosures i had an eight hard drive enclosure it cost like three thousand dollars i remember this was like 10 15 years ago so everything was super expensive and it lasted for about a year and a half and then it just fucking completely died like i don't know the heart the power supply or something like that died and the the company had, was the crappiest support company i've ever experienced in my life and i was like you know that's my last experience with a big gigantic raid box because i'm not spending that much money ever ever again and you know just so uh, this time i'm going to do all software raid i'm not going to mess around with any of that stuff i'm going to and i've debated either building in that case that josh sent me uh, or just getting because there's like really cheap mini pcs and you can buy like an external hard drive enclosure and I'm thinking yeah. that's what I'm going to end up doing. Because it's, it's so much cheaper. And then I don't have to build anything. And I... <laughs> I So I built my computer, the one that I'm on right now. I built it from scratch all the way from the ground up. And I had a good time doing it. But I've come to realize I'm also shit at it. Like, I'm not really... I'm not good at it. My hands are huge. And there's... Especially the, you know, like the... The little cables that go in for, like, the power... Button. Yep, the front panel connectors. Yeah, yes. Those things are a pain in the ass when you have huge, gigantic man hands, brother. I don't. I have closer to feminine
1: hands than you do, and it's a struggle for me. So I totally get what you are saying. Like that's gonna be a pain in the ass.
0: Some motherboard and case manufacturers will basically just put them all together in the order that they're supposed to go because it's the same on every board. Basically, you just slide it in. It's just one one connector. But some of them have those like little like plastic things that are have been standard for like the last thirty years. And like, first off, I'm definitely breaking one of those cables. Like it's not even <laughs> not even a question. I'm gonna pull on it too hard or something. And they're, they're so little, and you can't real you can't ever really plug them in until the motherboard is in the case. I mean, everything else uh-huh. you can put together while it's outside of the case, and it's fine. But those little things you gotta get in there and they're always right towards the bottom. It's just a pain in the ass, so uh, I, I or, kinda... or then you want to r- route your cables
1: and you get your cooler put in so you can grab the motherboard and slide it in you slide it in put it in then you realize you got to put in the eight pin power connector it's super close to your heat sink and your fat hand won't slide down through it like oh, yeah no i get what you're saying yeah, yeah that
0: cpu <laughs> connector that's always in the upper left hand corner it, it, it is so hard to get to especially once you have your you know like your cooler or whatever connected already and, and then the the 24 pin is always so fucking stiff uh, that you yep. that you can't and, and you got to bend it over it's like i got it's got like a pull a j like you gotta pull it you gotta you gotta, you gotta turn that thing around, around it's like it's so uh, it was it was a fun experience i did it during covid and it, it you know but I, i've had that experience i don't need it again so i don't know what i'm gonna end up doing there but I've been pricing things out and everybody says like, Oh, storage is so cheap. Like, yeah, storage is cheap. Still $170 for an eight terabyte hard drive. And if I want five of those things, that's not actually cheap. Is it cheaper yeah. than it used to be? Sure. But so is, you know, well, nothing else is cheaper than it used to be. <laughs> I can't come with you know, I mean, an- another point too, is like a lot of people
1: think storage is so cheap because they literally have a small library of games at most and then just a normal system. So, like, for that, yeah, storage is super cheap. If you go buy an 8-terabyte hard drive, you'll be set for a long time. Like, you're you're fine. But, like, you know, if you do something like we do, like where you record footage a lot, oh, brother, 8 terabytes you could fill up in no time. No time. So,
0: um, I wouldn't say storage is cheap. It just depends on what you're doing if it's cheap. Nay says I should mount my PC to the wall and have an open-air system. Dude, I live on a dirt road in the country, and that means that doesn't mean you can't have nice things come on now no come on now. dust is what i'm saying it's like you live on a dirt oh. road you're gonna have dust up the i have my computer in yeah. a case and it still gets dustier and shit yeah
1: <laughs> well look i don't even live on a dirt road and i've but my dog comes in my room and i've got this new case has got mesh filters on it and it won't matter if it's anything like my my old case that i had That was nicer and had mesh filters on it. In time, I'll get dust in there. So, yeah, putting it on the wall is probably going to be a maintenance nightmare. So,
0: Also, I mean, these are sturdy walls. They're not going to fall down or anything. But the rest of my family have a tendency to slam doors all the time. And I'm very, very, very worried that somebody would slam the door really hard. And that thing would just come crumbling down. Uh, But also, just to tell a story here. Tyler and I have known each other for a couple of years now, and we've been doing this podcast together for a couple of years. I shit you not, there was a point uh, during this podcast, during the time we've been doing it, where he had his computer in a cardboard box. Mm-hmm. That actually happened, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like so for him, cases are actually bloat at some point. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, and, and then, and almost like directly after that, it was like during his BSD days where he had his computer. He was building. You had like, um, you had like a card or a cool or something like that that wouldn't fit in the case, so he just had a case with no sides on it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, oh. Oh my God. I remember that. Yeah. I. I literally had it like the case was completely open. Like it. was the case was only being used to mount the motherboard. That's <laughs> it. yeah <Like, laughs>
0: Yeah, so I, I don't trust that guy when it comes to cases. know <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> well,
1: look, if if your main concern is front panel connectors and breaking them and stuff, don't go with a cheap case because I can guarantee you every single fifty, sixty dollar case I've ever seen, the front panel connectors are cheap, short, and they're not together. At all. They're always some little dinky things. Because this one ticked me off. This
0: one was like 60 bucks, And it had those. I have a NZXT 500 something or the other. It's the computer that has the least airflow. It's like they decided some little bitty pinholes along the side was all the holes that you needed in a computer case. Surprisingly, it, it, that's the
1: one where the, is the isn't is the front panel just a solid piece of like plastic or metal?
0: Yeah, yeah, all metal. There's a glass side, and then along the one side in the top, there are some pinholes. Pin it's fine. I actually get fairly good temperatures, but it's still not the most airflow. The good news is it does keep a lot of dust from getting in there, which is nice. So, because if air can't get in, dust can't get in either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. All right, so... Let's go ahead and move on into the main topic. So this, t- this time around, we what we decided to do is a Linux distro tier list. And we, I will actually put this up on screen. And I have a, approximately 94 logos set to go of many different distros. And, of course, I have a whole bunch of them that are, are duplicated because I have, a, you know, reasons for that. Because I need different sizes. I just literally – so I have a whole full directory of distro logos. I just uploaded them all. (laughs) So uh, there's some of them here. I don't know if we'll we'll even rank. There's like a couple of them here that I don't even know what they are, to be honest with you. like uh, I I can actually tell you what what they are. So that'll be a fun experience. But what we're going to do is we're going to rank the distros that that I've uploaded here. And if we have time, we'll come up with some other distros if we need to. Uh, And uh, we're doing this in traditional tier list fashion. So if you want to... Uh, follow along you can do so we're doing s a b c d. I don't know what any of those things stand for because I'm not a, a gen Z so <laughs> I, I'm an old millennial, so I don't know any of this new stuff going on But we're gonna do it anyways, so let me go actually put this up on screen so you guys can actually see this so and eventually, Tyler will be able to follow along. I do have the chat there alongside because Vivoli' is awesome and allows me to tile things. It's awesome. It's great. Uh, anyways, so let's go ahead and get started. What I figured we'd do, Tyler, is that we'll have fights when we get to things that we disagree on. and Yep. And it should be fun. So why don't we go ahead and start off with Nate's favorite with Pop! OS. Where should we rank that?
1: If I'm being honest, Pop! OS, I... Ha- I I would I would give it an S tier, even though I don't prefer its desktop. They're doing something unique with it, and depending on your hardware, they're really the only good support to go with. Like if you've got a hybrid laptop and you just want everything to work and you don't want to have to do anything yourself, it like that's pretty much the only distro you're gonna go with and have a great
0: time. I feel like S tier is too high, to be honest with you. Because it's—I mean, yes, they're doing their own desktop environment, but it's not out yet. And you're right; they do a lot of good hardware stuff, but other than that, they're just Ubuntu. Uh, maybe I'm being—maybe I'm being too tough on them. Do you think I'm being too tough on I them? D- I. D-
1: you do have a good point. So maybe it should be a tier, but you not—you're not. You're not- completely wrong at all like they're not really doing anything else they're they're literally just making the ubuntu that canonical should make
0: they're linux meant but with a different turn on things (laughs) 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 i'm gonna get a lot of shit nate's never editing for me again (laughs) pop os is his distro and i'm just here lambasting i gotta be the curmudgeon and he can't be the curmudgeon he's like 12 years old (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> look at him he's the jonas brothers all over again i can't help it such an asshole today it's sorry so no nah. uh, so a tier you think can we agree on a tier do you want do you want to fight for your s tier i think i think
1: a tier is good
0: all right oops i put it in d tier <laughs> that was a mistake it was a mistake it was like i'm sorry all right let's go ahead then go to um Ardix linux I'm just randomly picking out one, so
1: okay, this um, one's going to be difficult.
0: <laughs> so basically, Artix. You have to correct me if I'm wrong because it's been fucking forever since I've even looked at Artix. This is just basically Arch Linux, but without System D, right? That's basically yeah. They what hate this System is. D. So this is like yeah. Devuan or or MX yeah. Linux, something like that, right? Pretty
1: much, yeah. I I agree with waffles. Except just right, he put the wrong distros in there. D tier for Artix, just knock off. Uh, Arch. I, I don't really, I don't really have much. I, I, I don't have a high opinion of uh, protest distros, just in general. If you, if you don't like System D, you can literally just install Arch and remove it. Like if, if it's that big of a deal for you, I. I don't know why it would be that big of a deal like brother standardization has been a good thing in Linux like just ask steam uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh, so we're, we're getting we're getting some people who are saying that it's S tier which like come on <laughs> come on there's yeah. like there's no way this is S tier all right so I I think I agree with you that it's D tier it doesn't so uh, we probably should this we should probably define a little bit about tier a little bit it doesn't mean that we think that they're bad okay if you use them you're not a horrible person and deserve to go to prison or anything just you know not as good as open okay
1: <laughs> well and and also i don't i a lot of people are saying c we could make a case for it being c but
0: other than like, other uh, than removing right. system d what did they do special? Like, we gave Pop! OS a lot of credit for doing something special. Hardware support and creating their own desktop environment. Other than removing System D, what did Artix do that's special? Nothing. Yeah, that's what I say. I mean, if somebody in the chat wants to correct us and say, well, they did this this, and this that we don't know about. We, we— And we're not saying that you can't use a protest distro. It's just that doesn't mean that, I mean...
1: Yeah. and also special. like uh, just just because i made the comment that i don't have a high opinion of like protest distros doesn't mean i don't have a high opinion of people who use them like i don't i don't care what you use it's just personally i would never go out and pick one i don't think most of, and it, it comes back to what we just said most of them don't really provide anything else other than removing and replacing a specific thing with the regular distro so like all right. Again, I, I, someone in chat said it's definitely not the worst one. Look, D tier is not for worst distros. If we had an F tier, then we'd be calling out distros. and would be like they're utter crap. But yeah. yeah, no.
0: I don't think there's, I don't think I have any logos here that are for, well, <laughs> there, there might be here some here that actually deserve F tier. Now that I think about it, <laughs> all right, we'll see. If, if, we'll see if we need one. We can, maybe, maybe maybe we can add a add a tier or something <laughs> if we need one. All right, let's go yeah. ahead and move on to. I'm just picking out a random one. Let's do Void Linux. Ooh, four void. void. Okay, we had to be cautious here because the Void gang is scary. yep <laughs> To me,
1: it's it's going to be a B or C because they're a, they're a step up from Artix in the sense that, yeah, they do just have their own, like, init system. Most people are, are running void because it, they use run it or not system D.
0: I mean, they have but the, at the
1: end of the day, they do a lot of unique stuff. They are an independent district.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, they have their own repositories and their own package manager and you, if you wanted to run without, you know, the, the, if you wanted to run without glib C, you could run with Musl or whatever muscle or whatever. So they do offer quite a bit of, you know, things that you can't get like really easily by doing a different distro. So yeah. I would say B, you, th- you said B or C, yeah. right? I think B is a, yeah. a, a good place for void Linux. Now let me find the logo again. So B, B for void Linux. I think that that's where, there we go. All right. Let's go ahead and then go to, um, let's talk about, let's see here. How about Solus Linux? Ooh. I think we're going to disagree on this one. Uh, do you- yeah. I don't I don't know that we may. You go ahead and tell me what you think. I, I think it's D. I think it has to be D. Oh, we agree. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because all right, it's not that it's bad, again. Really, the reason why I would say Solus is a D-tier distro is simply because they can't make up their mind on what they want to do, and they keep changing bases. They keep changing you know, from GTK to they wanted to go to QT, and then they were going to the, the Enlightenment libraries, and now I don't know what they're doing, but they changed their mind again, and it just feels like they don't have a, a vision for what they actually want to be. Although they, they do, in their defense, have significantly contributed to a desktop environment of their own. So I, I agree with what you said, except I would
1: phrase it a little bit differently. I don't I don't think they don't have a vision. I think their vision continually changes, which is not necessarily a problem, except you if you don't finish the last vision and you create a new one, And then you don't finish that one, and then you create a new one.
0: It's not a good look. So, yeah, yeah, I would say D tier. All right. We're going to go to D tier then. All right. Linux from scratch. Uh, (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) No.
1: We might need that F tier, brother.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. I suppose we should ask, should we even rank it, given the fact that it's not technically a Linux distribution? because you have to build everything yourself. I mean, there's literally nothing there that's distributed. It's just literally you're pulling down every package and building it yourself. Yeah. I
1: I I would have to say we need to make that F tier and put it there. All right, let me see if I can
0: add, add if I can add an actual tier. I don't know if I can or not. We'll see. All right. Oh, add row below right there. There we go. And we're going to name that we'll, we'll got to go here to the settings for this. We're going to call this the F tier. Oops, that's that's a D Mat. Not a, not an F. <laughs> uh, all right, there we go. So we're going to put Linux from scratch in the F tier.
1: Like my, my thing with Linux from scratch is if you if you want to learn how distros like or how Linux under the hood operates, it's great. But also most people don't want To like, you don't realize what you're asking when you say, like, maybe I want to learn that, or like, I should learn that. That's like 36 hours of work, and you're going to end up knowing things about the Linux system that you probably don't need, like, you don't need to or ever want to use. Like, I know way more. I've said this multiple times, but because of Linux from scratch, I know way more about sysv init than I will ever need to.
0: I've <laughs> never. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you could use. I, I think that. I think that like, MX Linux uses SysVinit. I might be wrong about that. I think that that's what they use. That's the only other one that I even think uses SysVinit out of the box.
1: Well, SysVinit, like SysVinit, has been like kind of obscure for like the past five years, if well, not more. It's like,
0: the it's the thing that came before System D, right? So it's been around for a very long time, and you know it's not that it's bad it's just systemd overtook it and if you're looking for an alternative in its system nowadays you go for run it or open RC or what's the one with six it six it six it uh, there's never one, even heard of there's that one, one called six in it or something like that it's a little bit more rare anyways yeah I think I think that the the f tier kind of said again it I don't I have a hard time saying like oh this is but it's just it doesn't really fit in any other tier all right let's go ahead and then go to fedora this is just stock standard fedora we'll do i have the kino White logo we can do that later we can not those are different yeah s6 that's the right one i knew it had a six in it i know we're probably going to fight about this one and i know chat's probably going to fight me on this one
1: but i think if i'm being honest i think fedora is a b tier like it's good you can you can probably use it for a long time without much issue but eh, like I don't know. It's not great, in my opinion.
0: Okay, let me argue for A tier. Uh, I'm not going to argue for S tier. I don't think it's that good. But I think Fedora deserves to be up one tier higher than what you say, just because they are the paving ground for literally every technology that Linux uses. SystemD, Pipewire, you know, Pulse Audio when it was a new thing, System D when it was a new thing, Wayland... Literally everything that is new and that every other distro is eventually going to adopt and be standard comes through Fedora first. They are the guinea pigs of the Linux community. They test literally everything. And given the fact that that's true, it's astonishingly stable for what it is. Given the fact that it is a basically a beta testing ground for literally everything that Red Hat wants to push on all of us. Um, it's still a very good you know, distro and very, very stable. So I would push for A tier. What say you? Are you gonna are you um, gonna fight for B tier?
1: <laughs> I I am still gonna fight for B tier only because it is their testing ground. You are right, it is surprisingly stable for being their testing ground. But I don't know. Like the reason the reason I would say it's B tier is a lot of the A tier distros that I assume we're going to have are ones that are focused on making sure the users have a working system, which is not Fedora's actual like goal. Like their actual goal is just to like improve technologies for the Linux desktop and literally have Fedora be a development environment well, their for that.
0: Actual stated goal is to be a paving ground for RHEL. Is basically what we're saying here is it is it's a place where rel is born and then eventually gets filtered down into the stableness that is rel all right now that
1: uh, now me saying that does not mean fedora like doesn't give a crap about its users like that's not what I'm saying but they don't have like your the user base is not their sole focus at all
0: like I i will the tech. I, I will capitulate on b I think I still think it could be a but borderline a b all right
1: I, I think it could be an a but i think it should be a b all right
0: <laughs> uh, i will i will uh, uh, i will live to fight another day on fedora <laughs> okay uh let's go ahead and go to something a little bit more obscure let's talk about kde neon which i have two logos for by the way Ooh. kde neon is the paving ground for kde plasma they say themselves as not a distro they say themselves is not a distro. Matt, your English is fantastic. You are a writer, my friend. <laughs> I can't... I honestly don't...
1: I, I mean, I want to say... I want to say B tier, too, but...
0: I I'm going to go like, D tier, actually. I would say D, because they don't even want to consider themselves a distro. They don't want people to use it. They They... This it's literally just they want it to just be for developers. They do provide a stable thing, but it's they call themselves a testing ground for the latest KD technologies. And well, yes, you can get the LTS stuff and you can use it and it's stable and all that. But it's just it doesn't feel like it's what does it do? Like it's Ubuntu. It's we have Kubuntu already. It it exists. It's there. I will capitulate with
1: you on D here. Because that's kind of, I didn't know they didn't consider themselves a distro, and I definitely didn't know they didn't want people using it. I
0: well, maybe that's a little bit you know harsh, but they say in their on their website that their primary uh, ISOs are the non-stable ISOs because that's where you're going to get the, you know, like the more recent versions of, of KDE. The LTS version is based. Literally, it literally is just a more KDE centric version of Kubuntu, Which, by the way, I, again, it exists. We'll get there. I have a logo for it. Like it's literally right next door, right? So <laughs> I, I would just say, yeah, I'd say D tier, and you said that's okay for, with you as D tier. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead then this is proving to be a very hard thing to do because i have some of these logos i don't know what they are so i'm trying to really remember what the logos are so like i have a bird here i think that this is fair os i might be wrong about that if they'll check tell me if this blue bird here is fair os if i'm right about that you can let me know so let's talk about linux Lite. i think i think that's what this this the feather is linux Lite. Yes. All right. So Linux Lite, I believe, is based on Ubuntu or Debian. I can't even remember. <laughs> uh, I believe it's Debian. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. So where do you think that Linux Lite should be placed? This one's a hard one for me because I don't
1: really like or not, I don't really like. I don't I wouldn't prefer to use it, but I've used it before and it's it's
0: really rock solid. Like it works damn good. Well, I mean, if it's so. actually based on Debian, though, of course it works solid as a rock well, because it's based on Debian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what kind of work did you do there, friends? I mean, you. See- well, they've got they've got some of their packages are a little
1: bit more up to date than they would be in just the regular Debian repos. I don't. I, I, as far as I know, I don't know that could have changed. Right, I'm so pretty sure. Where would I'm you sure Where would you put changed. it? I'd probably put it in B tier. Oh really? With Fedora? B or C? Yeah, because I mean, it's really easy to use. It's rock solid. They do the, they do, they do actually do a lot of their own stuff. So, <laughs> all
0: right, I, 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 I can't put it as a B man. It's just <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can we, can we compromise on a C tier? Because we're, we'd be putting yeah. it above Solus, above KD Neon, and above Arx, all of which. It feels to me that they all those which we ranked as a D tier. It feels like all of those do more to be a distro than Linux Lite does.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Maybe a D tier. May even compromise. I may even go down to a D after you said that.
0: I, mean, well, I mean, it's like I keep we we, we keep saying, oh, It doesn't mean that it's bad or anything. It's just.
1: Yeah, I I, I would say Soulless kd neon and linux mint are kind of in the same or linux light are kind of in the same sphere like they they do their own thing maybe maybe it should be a c tier only because linux light has helped and one of their focuses is helping older like or no, i almost said older people people with older hardware, hardware yeah you know yeah. keep around
0: all right c tier it is then Okay, let's go ahead then and do one that everybody's been waiting for. NixOS. Let's let's talk about NixOS because we're definitely not agreeing with this on this one. <laughs>
1: no, no, we're definitely not. All right, so so uh, it literally has to be an S S or A tier. It it fundamentally has to. Does it have
0: to be? Does it really have to be?
1: <laughs> I'd be fine with putting it up there with Pop! OS. I'd be fine. A-
0: I, I'm surprised that you're even willing to put it as an A tier. I would actually agree with you that A tier is a good place to put it, be, and be, because they do a, just a ton of stuff, literally everything from scratch, because it's a distribution that does things completely differently than everything else. So, and they have a purpose for existing. They do different things than everything else. So, I think I can agree with an A tier. I. <laughs> Let me think about it. For well, that.
1: see, here,
0: here is. Do you have an argument? Here would be my. Do thing. you have an argument for S tier? I, I want to hear it. If you have an argument for S tier over A tier,
1: I do have an argument for S tier now. As to whether or not everyone would agree with it is highly debatable. My my reason for it being S tier is it is extraordinarily simple to manage a system with NixOS. Like if you set up. A system with Nix os and then you want to move it to another system, the odds that you run into issues, especially if you're doing something like I'm doing, where you're actually configuring a lot, you've got variables to change out for different stuff. There's like no problem. The only thing is, is that learning curve because it is genuinely different. Like even though like installing Hyperland on most distributions is very difficult. You have to install the Hyperland package, which normally doesn't pull in the desktop portal that you need, blah, 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 blah. On NixOS, it's literally an option of enable. Like that. that's it. You just set that to true and you've got Hyperland. That being said, I understand some people have the argument of, well, I don't know that one liner for enabling it, so I've got to learn that. I get that, but at the end of the day, it's still easier than doing it pretty much on any other distro. That being said, I, even though now I've made that argument for it, I still think it should go in A tier. I think that's probably, I, I don't think NixOS deserves to be above Pop! OS in the rankings. I think they're they both do a lot to help people manage their systems or have usable systems just in different ways and different approaches
0: all right i think a tier is as high as i would go as well simply because it's not for everyone i think that in order to be an s tier you have to be a distribution that can work for everybody now a lot of the distros that we've already ranked can be for everybody but they have other flaws right yeah. but in order to get to s tier you had to be something that everybody would want to use and i don't think that NixOS is there so i think that you're right a tier is where we'll go with with NixOS. i'm actually i'm surprised that we were able to come to agreement because <laughs> when i when i thought we're we're doing this i thought well you know what, Nix os is going to be like really low i'm going to put it as a d tier distro. <laughs> like i thought that for a little <laughs> while uh, but it's not that bad all right all right let's go ahead and do another one that i think we probably will disagree on linux mint let's piss off some linux mint guys Oh uh, yes. Uh, I will go first. I think that this is a D tier distro. <laughs> it's it's Ubuntu, guys. Now, uh, admittedly they do do their own desktop environments. So I I would be okay with saying a C tier and actually now that I think about it, let's I would say C tier is where I'd put it. It's a protest distro. So at least that's why I would I would argue that it's a protest distro. It's protesting against the way Ubuntu does things cuz it does things as Ubuntu, but does everything differently than Ubuntu. And kinda. It, it is a distribution that doesn't have as clear of a focus, so it's kind of like Solus. So they've they've split their focus on Debian and Ubuntu. And I would also argue that they don't update as often as you would like them to see. So you're always going to be even you know Ubuntu has old stuff, right? Because it only releases every six months, but Linux Mint is older because it releases after Ubuntu. So I would say C at the most. D is really where I want to put it. To be honest with you, what do you think?
1: I I agree. I think I think there is an argument to be made for it being B tier. But I, if you want, I will compromise with you at C
0: tier. Make no it, problem. Make your argument for B tier, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're wrong. <laughs> 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 well, Nate's throwing the, a fit me- in, in in the chat. A tier, man. A tier, no. <laughs> Just because a lot of people use it and it's popular doesn't necessarily make it better than anything else that's on the list. I'm just saying. Wait until we get to Ubuntu, I'm just saying. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I
1: I I genuinely think the, uh, the best argument for Linux Mint being B tier is the fact that Linux Mint does a lot more for their users than Fedora does. So, my argument for it being B tier isn't really necessarily based on Linux's Mint's merit. It's really built it's really built on the fact that we have other distributions in the B tier that don't that not not don't do as much for their users. but Linux Mint arguably could you could say they do more or they do as much for their users as those ones in making their life easier.
0: Okay. Let me see if I can come up with an argument for B tier as well. Just to try to convince myself. They make applications. So things like Nemo file manager, obviously cinnamon desktop. They have that weird TV streaming service application that they, for whatever reason, decided that they were going to make. They have like a notes application uh they are phenomenally bad at updating the mutter window manager on cinnamon it's always significantly behind ubuntu and you know i guess that was a negative not a positive <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i have such a hard time fine b tier I, I don't uh, this is this is a protest of a protest distro <laughs> linux fit users
1: you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>
0: You couldn't pay me to put it in an a- as an A tier, by the way. It's, just, it's not. It's not there. All right, let's go ahead and when we. Uh, I don't even know if you know what this distro is. It's called Mabox. It's basically Manjaro with OpenBox. That's what it is. F tier. Okay, uh, I think I agree with that. All right, sorry, Mabox users. <laughs> like, I don't even think we need to have a discussion around it. All F-tier. right, let's see here. We're let's look for. So let's see here. I have Archcraft. Linux. This is basically a window manager version of Arch. It's an Arch-based distro. It has a ton of different uh, themes and stuff. It runs Openbox and BSPWM and maybe another one, but for sure those two. And it is basically a theme changer script on top of Arch is the way that I describe it with those window managers installed already
1: with uh w- what distro or what was the name of the distro?
0: It is called Archcraft.
1: Archcraft. Okay. I I thought I heard something different. So okay. I would give this one a probably a D or an F if I'm being honest only just because it's literally another distro with I mean it's a, it's pretty much what I'm doing with my configuration. Like I got a theme changing script I you you get a certain desktop environment chosen like it's not. It's not really all that much going on, but I mean, i i could I could see it getting a D tier. I've heard a lot of really good things about Archcraft. Like people at least like it. It makes setting up Arch easier. So
0: oglo does have a good point that it is very pretty. So they do a good job of rising. But I I agree with you. I think D. I think I'll go with D tier because I I. I like the rices, and it, so that does provide some value to having a, a distribution that is all set up for you, and you don't have to do the racing yourself, so we'll put that in D tier. All right, Arco Linux. Uh, if, if we're rating their website, it's definitely an F. <laughs> to say yeah. Uh, as a distro, though. As long as we can
1: completely take the website out of the equation, completely, I, I think Arco deserves a C tier. It does more than just looking good or making the install process simple. Uh, There is a lot of usability or um, user user accessible, nice scripts pre-written for you to do a whole bunch of stuff. Eric Dubois takes care of a lot of things. Like it, it's just, it does a little bit extra than where I'm going to assume a lot of the Arch bay arch derivatives are probably going to end up in D tier and compared to a lot of them it does do a lot of extra stuff but I wouldn't put it up with like Fedora or like Void.
0: So, okay, so I'm going to disagree with you on this one majorly actually. And I'm going to okay. say A tier. And the reason oh, why I would okay. say A tier is because it's with Arco, it's more than just a distro. First off, they were one of the first Arch-based distros that took Calamaris to its full potential. So b- before that, Calamaris did exist, but it was just a cal- it was just an installer, just like any other installer. But because of their contributions, they were allowed to basically make it so that you can choose basically everything you want to install right, you know, as the install happens. And not a lot of distros did that before Arco did it. Another reason why it is kind of less to do with the distro itself and more the fact that the guy, Eric, does a ton of stuff. Like, he's basically made the Arch Wiki, but better in in YouTube form. And he has a ton of different videos. And every time there's a problem that comes through because Arch fucked up Grub again, five minutes later, Eric has made a video on how to fix it. You know, and it's on his, on his YouTube channel and tells you exactly how to do it. And if you Google on how to do anything on Arch and you need to learn how to do anything with any window manager or any desktop environment, chances are he's done a video on how to do that thing, even if you're not using Arco. So that's very valuable as, as well. Well, hold on.
1: So can we go ahead and agree that if we take into account everything that Eric Dubois does outside of the actual distro itself, like not saying that Like he's not doing a lot with the distro himself, but if we include the YouTube videos, the posts he makes, and also like, you can just talk with the dude too. Like that is a thing. So if we count all of that extra in, I would agree that it should be an A tier because if we're being honest, a lot of people don't want to go read through documentation. And when it comes to Arch, a lot of Arch users that are using Arch are only using it because of Eric Dubois' mm-hmm. help or his
0: support. Yeah. Also, all the tools like the Arco Linux Twig tool, which is I think now called the Arch Linux tweak tool, work on other Arch distros. So they created all the tools and you can go, you can install that on Arch and use it to install all your window managers, all the Rices that come along with it, all the tools and stuff. So it's not just as if the tools, I mean, like Pop! OS and Linux Mint. Which we just gave a B tier to, by the way. And <laughs> I'm going to let you live that one down. <laughs> Linux Mint does all these tools stuff, but, and yes, you can use them on different, you know, desks or distros, but they weren't designed to do that. Whereas the Arco stuff, they literally, he literally wants you to use it on Arch and not just Arco. So I would still argue for A tier. Well, and also just so we're not giving Eric Dubois too much credit here.
1: The reason he wants you to use them on other arch distros is so he knows whether or not it's working and he's done his job correctly. So yeah, but yes, they are built for you to use anywhere else. So yeah, I would agree. A tier. All right. Now there's going to be so many upset linux mint users and fedora users (laughs) in the chat
0: no 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 just wait until we rank arch lower (laughs) just just, just wait until we do arch lower because that's definitely going to happen all right we (laughs) we we got to speak mx linux where should we go where should we put mx linux based on debian uh does not use systemd by default has a ton of awesome desktop tools uh, including one that allows you to basically create an ISO of your installed system, which is just phenomenal. But those tools are only MX usable, so you can only use them on that distro. And they do provide a systemd backup, so you could use systemd on it if you want to. So they're not a protest distro so much as they providing you an options distro. So they, they also have a um, somehow have gamed distro watch. So do they get credit for that? <laughs> To me,
1: MX Linux could be literally anywhere between an A and a C tier. Like it would be it'd be hard to make the arguments for A or C. B, you could you could easily make an argument for it being B and it not be a problem. But the reason I say A through C is cuz like MX Linux is really good. They've got a lot of tooling. They they're they're really good. So you could make an argument for A. They're probably in the ballpark of everything in B, but you can also say it's very comparable to something like Linux Lite. Like, they do have a lot of similarities in what they're doing. So, I I, I would say B,
0: but that's just me. Um. Well, I really like MX Linux. I think it's a fantastic distribution, and I love their tools. But I, I feel like the reason why a lot of their tools exist – are just because they don't use systemd so they created a whole bunch of gui tools that help you get past the fact that systemd is not usually running but they also have other tools things like the snapshot tool and the tool for they they basically have a gui for configuring conky which is freaking awesome because if you've ever configured conky like ever it is the worst thing to configure like bar none the fact that they have a gui to do it is pretty cool so uh I would say C tier right along with Linux Lite. I think that's Yeah. And
1: just just to kind of agree with some people in chat, we'll we'll call it a high C. We'll, yeah,
0: we'll say yeah, it's a high C. Well, I mean, i go o- 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 and and I think Hipdad said S tier. Sorry guys, you haven't had an S tier yet. MX Linux is definitely not going to be it. <laughs>
1: yeah. S tier is going to be hard to hit.
0: <laughs> Well, I know I'm going to argue for at least one being S tier, but I don't think I'm going to get it. But we will put MX Linux as a C tier. All right. Let's go ahead and do this just to piss everybody off. Arch Linux. Where are we going to put Arch Linux? B. have now. now
1: below Arch. <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain why I'm saying B, okay? I don't want to go any lower on the list at all. But I can't go any higher on the list. Mainly because, uh, look, Arch is a phenomenal distro. We all know it's a great distro. It it does exactly what you would think it it does. The only problem is is the community around it. In a lot of the cases, especially vanilla Pure Arch, <laughs>
0: are you seeing the chat uh, right now? <laughs> You guys are all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> I love that the last one I saw was <laughs> Yeah, It's great. I think it's the most active chat we've ever had. It's awesome. <laughs> Probably. But look, look. See, the reason I don't
1: want to go lower on the list is because I don't want to put just regular Arch down with something like Artix or like MX Linux. I, But also, at the same time, like... If we're going to be honest with everyone here, MX Linux and Linux Lite does a hell of a lot more for their user base than
0: pure Arch does, if we're being honest. Okay. Let me argue for A tier. Okay. And re- okay. the reason why I say it is because without Arch Linux, here are the things that, on this list that wouldn't exist. Arco would not exist. Let's see here. What uh, what's another one? Artix would not exist. Black Arch would not exist. Um, let's see. Zero Linux would not exist. Stormer West would not exist. I mean, there's just a ton of them here that just would not be in existence if it weren't for Arch Linux. So, I, I think that alone puts them at an A tier. Uh, my word. <laughs> My agreement with you, though, comes in the fact that they do tend to be very not user-centric in that they break things in weird ways. Not just because they're a rolling release system, but because they like pushing out the Git version of of Grub. Like, what are you doing? That, yeah. That's not a good... That, yeah. that, no, that's not, that's not what you're supposed to do. Sorry, Steve. Yeah. Steve tells us all the time that that's not what you're supposed to do, so I'm assuming that, that he knows what he's talking about.
1: I'm glad you said that because the amount of times I've had to listen to Steve complain about Grub and Arch, like the amount of times, man. Every podcast too for the much. last year. <laughs> we love you, Steve. <laughs> that that man has complained about Grub and Arch so much, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing because he has to deal with that crap. So, like, I get it. But yeah, I I, I could see it going in a as long as. Part of the reason it's going in, A, is because a lot of other distros will not exist without it. Yeah. Like, that would be pretty much the only reason. Look, their documentation, yes, it's incredible. Mm. It's the- but just like all documentation, it can be hard to sift through and find what you need, and you might overlook things. And when the entirety of the communities, like... Well, I wouldn't say the entirety, but a good 90% of the community's like help is, at the best, a link to a page in the documentation.
0: Eh, not great. This, this is hard. <laughs> yes, it is. Arch is probably the hardest one because we ranked Arco as an A. <laughs> feels like we screwed ourselves. Well, but Arco does so so much to make Arch better and usable. Yes. So shouldn't,
1: shouldn't it be kind of obvious that Arco would be All right. ahead
0: I'm, of Arch itself? Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and go beat here. B tier for arch good lord <laughs> we're going to get murdered in our sleep all right well
1: there there went 6000 of your subscribers let's let's go
0: oh my goodness. we're we're so going to die <laughs> we're going to get murdered so this, look there's going to be memes about this podcast for years <laughs> all right uh let's go ahead let's do another one that's going to piss people off um manjaro <laughs> That has to be lower than Arch, Conv- right? Convince me it's not an F. I can't Con- convince I can't me. convince you that it's not an F. I, I could argue 4D because when it came out, Arch was hard to install and Manjaro made it easy. And the problem with that argument is that Arch is no longer e- hard to install. Well,
1: okay, but... Can- I've, I've said this so many times with Manjaro, but I need someone to explain to me how the entire idea of their distro is that they hold, or not the entire, but the main feature of their distro is they hold back the unstable packages from Arch on a two-week window so that they can fix any problems, address any things that Arch causes so their users don't have to experience it. And they still push
0: out the same broken updates that Arch does just two weeks later. Well also by holding things like so I holding things back isn't a bad thing, so because OpenSUSE Tumbleweed holds things back too. Okay. You're never going to run No, it's not. But the problem is is that with an Arch based distro, a lot of people are going to wanna use the AUR because the AUR is the primary benefit of using Arch or at least one of the primary benefits of using Arch. And by holding things back, you break the AUR so many times because those dependencies aren't going to match up for version-wise. Yeah, So, so you end up, you hold back
1: packages and you break the community packages. But then even on top of that, the whole idea behind you holding back packages is so you have time to fix any issues that come through with Arch. And if you don't fix those issues, what are we talking about? Why are you holding back packages? Why do you exist? What? All right.
0: Like, we got to put it in. That's been my problem. A- f tier is definitely going for Manjaro. Okay. All right. Gentoo. Where are we going to put Gentoo? Uh, this would be good.
1: I I would have to say this one's going to be different. I think Gentoo deserves an A tier or a B tier only because, f- kind of, the, for the same reasons that like Arch like we were talking about with Arch, it genuinely does provide a lot of distros and stuff wouldn't exist without it. And also Gentoo is kind of where a lot of other developers in the Linux space learn how to do things like package programs, how compiling actually works,
0: especially when we're doing it outside of, you know, like (laughs) Nate, (laughs) hold on. My answer for Gentoo is compiling. (laughs)
1: <laughs> look i could i could go i could go with anywhere from an s to c on gentoo i could see the arguments for literally any of those tiers I, I, where do you think it i should go? think
0: that gentoo has to be an s tier i think that maybe this is coloring because it is so hard to install but you can't install gentoo without learning something any other distro other than linux from scratch on this list you can and anybody can install there's nothing prevents you from installing it in like five seconds you know if you have a really fast computer like within five minutes you can install literally anything on this machine other than linux from scratch and gentoo now just because it's hard to install doesn't necessarily make it good but you can't install gentoo without learning something and a lot of these distros you can just install you'll never learn a thing it's just an installer yeah. And I think that just going through the process of installing Gentoo, you learn so much about Linux that it can't it can't help but be an S tier. So I think that it's an S tier, and I I just don't see how it could. I mean I mean A tier possibly, but I think I think that it's an S tier. Yeah, I would I would have
1: to agree only because like LFS, like w- w- one of the main problems that I see with with LFS and that does make it so low on the list is sure you learn a lot but at the end of that 36 hours that you've spent like building this system do you have a usable package manager no can you install like do now do you know how to build packages properly for your system probably but do you do you know how to build a big package could you get steam installed no like trust me on god if you get lfs with steam installed brother, you haven't seen the outside grass in six years. Like, <laughs> it, there's, it's just not great. Gen two. Yes, it is a, there's a massive learning curve uh, depending on your hardware. Compiling can be extremely time consuming, but compiling is how all of the packages on every system work. Somebody has got to compile them. It, it, that, that's what happens with software. And you can use the system afterwards. You can learn how to use a functioning system. Also, I think I think it might be an S tier just solely based off of Portage alone. Portage is it, if you want a package manager that works extremely well, is pretty easy to learn and gives you literally infinite amount of options, you, you could you could do pretty much anything with Portage. All
0: right.
1: It's a great package. S
0: here, our first one. All right. Let's go ahead. I mean, I have literally like 60 more distros to go. I don't think we're going to make it to all of these. Ben said he was going to riot if we didn't rank StormOS. So let's go ahead and do StormOS next. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. This isn't going to be pretty. Ben, man. you're
1: my friend. Okay. <laughs> so I want you to know this does, not, this does not have any impact on our friendship whatsoever. But I don't. I think it would be D or F tier. I've tried StormOS before. It's got a lot of problems. At least when I tried it, I couldn't get it to work on hardware. It just didn't function properly for me. So it, it would be D or F tier. And to be honest, I, I, don't, I also wouldn't rank pretty much any Arch-based derivatives very highly like in general Ar- arco is probably one of the only few ones i'd rate highly anyway yeah, just because eric dubois does right there with so you so much it's like
0: yeah so much. sorry ben this hurts this hurts buddy i'm sorry but f tier it's, it's a it's a it's a good personal project i just don't know i mean it's it's for you bud. It, it, as long as it's your s tier it doesn't matter let's go ahead and, and do the other one that's going to hurt a friend here soon as well uh zero linux <laughs> I mean, it also, has to be D or F tier too. we We're, we're ranking this with full knowledge that zero Linux doesn't actually exist anymore, guys. So I don't think Steve yeah. is going to hurt us on this. So I think we'll put that right out there along with storm OS. It doesn't actually exist anymore. He's just doing, he, he's doing, he's going in another direction. Let's go ahead and do, um, the fact that I, okay, let's just everybody pause and, and count the number of red core Linux, I. uh, icons I have on the screen right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven Redcore icons. (laughs) Let's go ahead and do Redcore, shall we? Redcore, based on Gentoo Linux, easy to install Gentoo Linux and has its own package manager, Sisyphus, which is still the worst thing for a dyslexic person to have to spell every single time. So where would you put Redcore Linux? To be honest,
1: so just... I, I'm gonna have to. Go- Could you explain Redcore for a second oh, yes. while I kind of look it up? Redcore is Gen Two, sure.
0: but it uses the Calamari's installer, so you don't have to install it in the Gen Two way. And it has a Portage front end called Sisyphus that basically is a Python script that does everything that Emerge and Portage do. And the, he's the 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 dev has done a lot of work on making a very, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's a, it's a very containerized version of make.conf and all of your use packages and stuff like that are all very separated and into their own files and stuff so he's done a lot of work for that and he's created some tools that make gentoo better also he he's basically created the manjaro of gentoo where he takes the gentoo repositories and holds them back so that he knows that everything is is stable which uh Given that Gentoo has its own stable dist- uh, repositories, I don't know really why it exists, yeah. but well, um, it, it's definitely there. Okay. So I, I've read
1: up. I, I I just wanted to make sure I was thinking of the right thing when I was talking about Red Core and everything. So after after making sure I'm talking about the right thing, my opinion is going to be I this might upset some people, but I think it's I think it's going to be a D or an F tier. Only because, and one of the main benefits of Redcore is the fact that it's easy to onboard Gentoo with binary packages that you're probably not going to find in regular Gentoo repositories. And Gentoo's just now released a binary, a binary rep- repository. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I, so. <laughs> I will say D tier simply because I used it for a couple months and I know that it is a good very good distro that does provide some benefits, but I would also say that it makes it harder for you to go use Gentoo instead of easier, because if you're going to use Gentoo, the point of using Gentoo is part of it is the installation, because it teaches you how to use Gentoo along the way. Once you've installed Gentoo, you know how to use Gentoo. Whereas with Redcore, it really does install it for you, and you're not, especially if you only use Sisyphus, you're not going to learn how to use Portage, and if you you just stick with binaries you're not going to end up you're learning how to use use flags which is like if you're going to use gentoo and not use use flags what are you using gentoo for i mean right so i think i've talked myself into an f tier damn it (laughs) well i mean i i could go with
1: d tier and i I think it definitely with with gentoo's new updates and everything that gentoo is doing as of late. It could easily be dropped down to that F tier, but I think before Gen 2's binary repositories and stuff, like it should have been a D tier, and we'll keep it all there. All right, D is fine. I think that's probably good.
0: Okay, uh, let's go with the oldest of them all, Slackware. I don't like Slack-t- Slackware
1: at all. It should probably go in, down into the F tier. As far as I know, as a distribution, it works for plenty of people. They can't even keep the site up. The site looks atro... I mean, I don't know if they've updated it, but the last time I looked at the site, it's atrocious. Like, it looks terrible. Also, as far as I know, I was talking with someone who used Slackware, so this could be completely wrong. And... very well could be, I don't know. I could have misunderstood, but from what I understood, like the way it works is like you have to install every application inside of the repository or choose the ones that you don't want installed. I don't know if that's how it works, but that's how, that's the impression I got from talking with somebody who uses it. And like, I don't want every package
0: inside of a repository, period. The fact that somebody just compared us to Chris Titus Tech and called this a horrible tier list just makes them... Tier lists are opinions, bro. Just saying. It's an opinion. Go make your own damn tier list. But yes, we are trying to top (laughs) them.
1: We would like it to be even
0: more controversial. Go make your own damn tier list. (laughs) That's what I said. Uh, uh, Okay, so uh, I I got angry there for a second. We were doing Slackware, right? Uh, I... Would say D D tier simply because it's been around for so long and it's fathered a whole bunch of Linux innovation. I mean, you learn how to do package management there to begin with because it's existed before Gen Two. If we were to be ranking this in the early nineties, it would be S tier. As of right now, it's a D tier for me. I I will I will capitulate and we will go with D tier. All right, (laughs) that's good with me. Okay, Peppermint OS based on Debian, basically. As far as I, I can tell, this is basically like Linux Lite is in, in ways, but it also has some tooling and stuff. So, I'll be honest with you and say that I don't think I've used Peppermint OS in literal years. So, I'm not that familiar Same. with it.
1: I'm not familiar with it as of late. It's been a long time since I used it back when I did use it based off of my experience with it, I'd probably give it a C tier. It's very close to Linux Lite, MX Linux. It's got, it it makes using something like Debian way simpler. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of pre-installed things that most average users are probably going to want installed anyway, without bloat. You know, you're not going to find your freaking candy crush installed or whatever. You're not going to have a ton of like, I I think Peppermint comes with a Libre office and that's pretty much the most bloated application you're going to get with it. So, and again, most people probably want an office suite anyway. Yeah. So I, to me, I, I think it would be C tier. They help out a lot of users. They do a lot and they kind of stand out from a lot of the D tier. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with you. C tier is a,
0: a good one. All right, let's go ahead and move on to, so we got, just got a few more that we're going to do here. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to skip out on the Ubuntu flavors and just go ahead and do, let's do Ubuntu, just regular plain old stock vanilla Ubuntu. Ubuntu
1: of, eight or 10 years ago, probably a S or a tier of the Ubuntu of today, I'd probably put down with like, at best, I'm giving it a B tier. Cause I think there's a lot of Ubuntu derivatives that do a better job than Ubuntu does anyway. So I don't know. B or C would be my answer for just stock Ubuntu.
0: I'm, I, I'm going to say this with everything i can't see how we put this on the same tier as linux mint (laughs) or fedora or arch (laughs) just don't i if you're running a server i think that it's a good distro i i don't think that it's a good distro for the vast majority of people right now so i would say c tier as well and there goes the rest of my subscribers. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go ahead. The next one is the granddaddy of them all, Debian.
1: I, I like. I don't know about where you're about on the list, but I, I'm thinking it's going to be higher up than Ubuntu, only because Debian is quite easy to actually use like by itself. Like, yeah, there is a lot of distros that make it easier, but... If we're being honest like messing around with straight debian is probably easier than ubuntu in a lot of cases even though ubuntu makes it like they've got a lot of st- i don't know man i i'd probably put them in i'd probably put debian in an a tier like it's just all
0: right i, I wouldn't say s tier let me make the argument for well, s tier okay without debian linux would not exist Okay, Your literally truth, yes. every other distribution on here, even if it's not based on Debian, would probably not be here. Other than probably Slackware. Maybe maybe OpenSUSE, but probably not OpenSUSE, because SUSE would probably just delete it. So, there, there are three granddaddies of them all. Debian is one of them. I don't think... Uh, I mean, we did rank Slackware very... But the thing about Slackware is that no one else is basing anything else on Slackware. Okay? Not really. I mean, I'm sure there are derivative distros out there of Slackware, but no one else does. Debian powers Pop. It powers Linux Mint. It powers uh, MX Linux, Linux Lite, Peppermint, Ubuntu, uh, Solus, KDE Neon. Half of the things that are on this list are powered by Debian, And if Debian went away, they would all go away. So I think it has got to be an S tier. I would agree with that, yeah. Debian, you've been crowned. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Let's go to, so let's see, there's, we need to do Open Sousa. Let's go ahead and do Open Sousa next.
1: Oh, great. All right, here comes the flight. Let's
0: go. (laughs) I'm going to say S tier because it's awesome. (laughs) and it literally literally susa can't go in an a tier it starts with an s okay
1: <laughs> well but you see the problem is is i don't even think it gets
0: a tier i think it gets b tier you no i'm sorry a- <laughs> we, we gave your nixos west an a tier <laughs> yeah See, here's here's my reason that I would
1: say it goes in B, is because OpenSUSE is really great if it works. I've I've tried Leap, literally like I don't even know if Leap works. I haven't gotten it to boot on any machine I've tried. Leap period. is in
0: a weird place right now because it's going to be replaced. Okay. It's not. Uh, I I, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're judging it too hard, man. Tumbleweed. It, it, let's just judge Tumbleweed. And I think that I pulling back from my fanboyness, I would say A tier simply because if you do get it installed, first, you prove that you know how to use Linux Se- that, that was a burn by the way <laughs> <laughs> second, second of all it's one of the most stable rolling release distros you're ever going to see specifically I'm talking about Tumbleweed obviously and once you have it installed it's so very stable has a ton of software available to it and here's the kicker we gave PopOS and we gave uh, a lot of other distros on here props because they had tools there is no tool out there that is better and more comprehensive than Yast. It, it just doesn't exist. Yast, literally, if you want, you can do anything you want to do on Linux. You can use at Yast to do okay. it. Okay. You know what? You won me over. If, yep. As lo- as soon as you
1: mentioned Yast, we'll give it an A tier. That is, Yes. That is, com- hands down, pretty much anyone that tries OpenSUSE will say Yast is probably the best piece of software they've seen in a
0: long time. Like, literally does everything. Now, it's very good. It has its flaws. It definitely does look like it came from the from 1998. Yes, it uses Zipper as a back end, so it is slow. But as a tool, it's the most comprehensive tool you'll ever see. It literally, well, and literally also, everything.
1: if we're being fair, even if you're coming from Windows, it looks very similar to a control center. Like yeah. you're not, you're not going to get confused at what what buttons do
0: what. Like it's very simple and straightforward. So let's do. So there's two more that I want to do, and then we'll call this a day. Uh, there are more that many. I, I, if you're watching the video version, there are many more here that we could have done, and, and maybe we'll do this again someday. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I we, we, bit off more than we could chew. Turns out there's a lot of fucking Linux distros. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, <laughs> Elementary OS is second to last. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Why like God do this too? <laughs> um,
0: I really like
1: it, so I want to be nice. But if we're being honest, it's probably a C or a D like, and here's, here's why it would be, it would literally be an A or B tier. If, if it didn't have like it, there's literally only one problem with elementary. They don't give you the flat hub, just repo by default. So their software center
0: is a, barren wasteland like i really hope they fix that in the next version but when is the next version coming out
1: exactly
0: <laughs> like, like, like it I, feels like there's like one person developing elementary os you know there has to be a team behind it still but they are the by the <laughs> the next lts of ubuntu will be released literally like days after the next elementary os release which means you'll be like you know that they'll be on like 22.04 when 24.04 is around it's it moves too slowly it just moves too slowly so i would argue for a d tier they do a lot of really good stuff out of the box they've put in a lot of work to make it a, a unique uh, environment so i think it has to be better than an, an f tier but it moves too slowly. And on a De- on a Debian slash Ubuntu based distro, it can't move that slowly. I mean, it it already moves slow. To to be honest, I think our
1: uh, I think me and you have have talked about this because we've talked about elementary quite a bit. But the only two problems with it are the fact that it's software center just give people flat hub ID. There's no excuse not to just do it. it if that's where ninety percent of your software is going to come from. Do it. Just add it in there by default. There's no reason to require the user to accept it. Whatever. If they, your
0: software center is already going to tell them it's a flat pack, it, there's no problem. Or just if you want to, if if you're so concerned about having control over the repository, FlatHub is open source. It's not like Snap where you where it's proprietary. You could, if you wanted to, import the the flat packs that you wanted to into your own repository and just mirror the ones that you want. You know, and then you could at least have things like LibreOffice and Firefox in your repository, and you, when someone googled web browser, you all you get is Epiphany. You know, it's not like like yep. it's simple. All right, so what do you think? D tier is where we want to go. Yeah. All right. There are three more that I want to. do. I want to do Endeavor OS. I want to do. I lost the the. I want to do Zorin, and I want to do. Maybe those are the only two left uh, that I really want to have anything to say about. Are there any other distros that you, that we haven't ranked that you want to do? No, I I think we've done all the ones. That, all
1: right, like I really want to get
0: Endeavor to. OS. Let's talk about that for a minute. Where would you put Endeavor?
1: Probably B tier. It's not uh, only because I don't think Endeavor is as fl- like flushed out or as. It it doesn't have as much going on for it that Arco does, but it is really good. I don't know it may it may be up with Arco, but I would I, I would say probably B tier is where I'd put it. Like, I mean, I've used it; it's rock
0: solid. It works. They've got a lot of nice nice stuff going on. Two hundred and seventy three people are watching this right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts uh welcome to everybody and uh by the way that i i had to go refresh the screen because vivaldi crashed that tab and i still can't see the chat so if you're saying anything to me in chat i apologize i can't see it and I just i'm just hoping that the stream's actually still going <laughs> I can't, it is I, I it can't. is I'm, I'm watching it and uh, i'm watching you try to reload it and everything. whatever reason Basically, it showed me a like. You remember when like Flash used to crash your browser tabs? It's basically what just happened to this. I don't know what's going on. Like, I, YouTube, are you still using Flash? All right, so I agree. B tier for Endeavor OS. So the next one that I said, last one I said I wanted to do was I've already forgotten. Oh, Zoran OS. Zoran, what do you think? Zoran, where Zoran would go?
1: Dang hey, it! Why do you do this to me? It's gonna be DRF. Oh wow! Um, yeah, because I. Cause I t- to me, I don't, I don't have a very high opinion of Zorin. Their pricing structure—I don't know if it's changed because I really don't keep up with them. Like, it's a distro that works, but like when you're charged, I think like I'm pretty sure it was like a hundred dollars or like two hundred dollars, like a year or something like that to unlock
0: like a different layout for your desktop environment. And a whole bunch of apps that they pre-installed for you. And and in their in their defense, they give you a whole bunch of support, right? You can like, li- I think they like, literally have someone you can call on the phone to get support.
1: Yeah. But like, if we're being honest, I'm doing like general, like Linux support focused towards NixOS. And you can go into my Patreon. And I do that for $8 a month. So if you do the math on that, that's still less than it. And it's, that's for support like specialized support
0: let me i don't know maybe okay so i think zorn has a lot of the same problems that elementary os does but it's better it's better developed and better supported than elementary os but they also have a problem where they are significantly behind when it comes to their updating so they're still based on 22.4 it doesn't feel like the next version is going to be based on... Because tw- they literally just came out with a brand new version. 24 out of 4 is three months away. Or, you know, two months away. Two or three months away, right? So, we won't get another version of Zorn until the fall. Which, by that time, 24 out of 4 will have been around for a long time. And, and so, it feels like they have a lot of the problems that elementary OS does. Uh, and so, I would... On the other hand, they do a good job of of supporting in the meantime where elementary os the developers just kind of disappear in between updates you never hear from them between updates whereas the zorn guys are always around so i would argue for a c tier just because i think it's a little tad bit above elementary os but i i if you're very i could yeah, no i i I could do that c tier for zorn okay that's that's pretty fair we'll do that C tier for Zorn, And again, uh, we can't see the chat to actually know whether or not uh, um, anybody's agreeing with us. I'm going to reload this one, one last time so if I can't get the, the chat to load. I think it's because it's it's popped out. Oh, there it is. All right. <laughs> uh, here we got it. A whole bunch of people said F. All right. right, let let's uh, Now, guys, I know that there's a whole bunch of distros here that we didn't get to. We didn't do, do Rocky or uh like sparky or any of those other ones like there's a whole bunch of other ones here that we could have done but we're running out of time we've been going now for an hour and 34 minutes we still have thingies of the week to do and i'm quite sick of sitting in this chair so uh, i think that that's where we'll leave our tier list for now thanks everybody for watching that that was a lot of fucking fun. I had, I had yes, a lot this. of entertaining. To do that. to We'll have to do some more tier lists in the future. We're not going to do tier lists all the time, though, because that would be ridiculous. But we we will do some tier lists of other things in the future. And make sure to hit the subscribe button if you want to watch those things. So before we jump out of this podcast, we do have thingies of the week to do. So Tyler... Let's go ahead and put our faces back up here. and You guys can actually see how dark it's gotten in the meantime because Tyler is now yep. sitting in the dark. <laughs> it, yep. it was. I could only bring one light with me, man. And with this DSLR, this one light don't do crap. It, 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 it was light when we started. He's not light anymore. So that's how yeah. long we've been going for. So let's go ahead and jump into the Nuggies of the Week. Tyler, your Nuggie of the Week.
1: Uh, yes, I am... Quite happy with this one. So for anybody who hasn't, like, I don't know, tried out NixOS yet, uh, if you're going to start using it and you're playing around with it, you're having a pretty decent time. But you'd like to do some more cool, like, theming stuff. Uh, I highly recommend you check out the. There's a NixOS module called Nix Colors it is a great way of managing themes it ha- it pulls from the base16 color repository so you've got a a ton of themes you know your tokyo night themes grubbox etc cetera, etc cetera, it goes on so if you if you want to do some cool things with theming and having one theme that you can easily switch and replicate it across your gtk themes qt application configs all that stuff it's definitely something to check out. I had a lot of fun with it. I've been using it now for a while. I may have talked about Nix colors on the podcast before. I can't remember, but definitely go check it out if you're gonna look in looking if you're looking into Nix OS or potentially gonna stay for a while. It's it's fun to play around with.
0: Your your thingies of the week or your nuggies of the week are going to be very Nix centric for the for uh, the foreseeable for feature, aren't they? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my nugget of the week is actually two. I have two. So for the longest time, I'm a big reader. I read dozens of books every single year. But I, for, for my entire life, all I've done is physical books. Like if I'm going to read a book, I have to have it in my hand. But I, I live in a very small house. I've run out of room for books. Um, and in the winter, I live in Michigan. It's not always easy to get to the, the district library. So um, I, I've sadly had to abandon my quest for owning all the books uh, in physical form. So I, I've been looking into ways of getting uh, digital books. And Kindle books is obviously the way to go if you want to buy digital books, get it from Kindle or from Barnes & Noble or whatever. But I don't want to pay for every book that I read because like, I DNF a lot of books throughout the years. So I have found two apps called Hoopla and Lib- Libby. L-I-B-B-Y, basically what they allow you to do is if you have a library card and your library supports it, they basically allow you to download or basically rent a copy of books that the library has in digital epub form and you can read them either on kindle or in the the app that's provided in case the case of hoopla and they have access to all the new releases and stuff and old releases basically if your library supports it and you can if you don't have a district library find libraries out there that don't have a residency requirement so you can get a library card from them so i have uh, the, the cool thing about Libby in particular is that you can be a member of many different libraries if you, you have a reciprocal agreement with libraries or you found libraries that don't have a residency re- agreement. You can put them all in Libby, and that means that you can have, if the you'll have more selection of the books so if, if you know every book ha- every library has only so many books available of a certain title or whatever the more libraries you have the more likely you are to be able to actually rent one of those books so hoopla and libby they're awesome and as long as you have a library card of some form the vast majority of libraries do support them uh, both and uh, like i live in podunk and, and or bfe as we you know call it and my little ass district library supports it so um, definitely check those out if you're a reader and you like to you don't want to actually have to you know buy books all the time so yeah those are my nuggies of the week so that is it for a awesome uh, episode of the linux cast i i really highly enjoyed this we're definitely gonna have to do a tier list again i i i've been mixed on tier lists because i think that there's like that one guy who says well this is a stupid tier list it's it's their opinions, dude. Like seriously, that's well, the reason they're why all I mean, they're, like, all... they're all stupid. They're all like, yeah. like there is no good Linux distros. They're all they all suck. Use Windows. Um. <laughs> 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 anyways. Uh, That's it for this episode. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so in any number of ways. Probably the best is to head on over to the website, which is available at thelinuxcast.org. There you'll find previous episodes all the way back to Season 1 and uh, even more recent episodes because I've actually been keeping that up to date. Also, you'll be able to find all of my previous blog posts there as well. You can follow Tyler, who does a very NixOS-centric YouTube channel now. But he's on YouTube at youtube.com slash zanyog, and uh, we're we're just waiting for him to lose the password again because it will happen <laughs> happen eventually. Uh, no, no, he's a great YouTuber, and he's you're coming up on what five thousand or four thousand uh, subscribers.
1: I think I'm at fifty. I think I'm I think I'm over five thousand. So you're coming up on I'm like si- fifty coming up on
0: six thousand or something. So if you haven't subscribed, so head on over there, subscribe to his channel, especially if you like Nick Links for his Discord and my Discord will be on the website as well. So make sure you check out that as well because they're really, let's see how many times I can say as well in the same sentence, just to say. Uh, anyways uh, youtube.com slash linuxcast if you want to subscribe to my channel patreon.com slash linuxcast if you want to support me monetarily tyler also has a patreon that link will be on the the website as well you find all the stuff at the linuxcast.org slash contact that's where you'll find all the links to my mastodon tyler's mastodon tyler's discord my discord all that stuff and you can just head on over there. If you want to support the channel and get awesome merch, head on over to the store, which is available at Uh There you'll find a whole bunch of merch, and it all goes directly to help the, sh- the, the podcast as well. So thank you so very much for everybody who has done that. Thanks to everybody who does support me on Patreon and YouTube and Kofi, You guys are awesome. Without you, the channel just would not be anywhere near where it is, and we wouldn't have a podcast every week because I would have no motivation to do so. I Half the time I get up in the morning just to... See your guys' lovely faces. Um, That's depressing as hell. (laughs) Anyways, thanks everybody who does support me. Thanks everybody for watching. This was by far our most watched live stream ever, not even doubled. I think the last highest one. So thank you so very much for watching live. We record this live every Saturday, usually around 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time if one of us doesn't decide to rebuild our PCs literally right before the podcast. Um, I'm not naming names. Um, <laughs> anyways. i do uh, not who would do such a thing. Head on over and watch us live on youtube.com Linuxcast. We'll see you next week with a brand new topic. See you then.
1: Boy.